Hello, IABC members, and welcome to the latest episode of the IABC Edmonton podcast. Hi, I'm Jonah Berger. I'm a marketing professor at the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania and best-selling author of Contagious, Why Things Catch On, and Invisible Influence, The Hidden Forces That Shape Behavior. We all know word of mouth is valuable. We all know that a dollar spent on word of mouth goes much further than a dollar spent on traditional advertising. But the question is, how do we get that word of mouth? How do we get people talking about and sharing our stuff? The IABC Edmonton podcast is a great way to sharpen your professional skills and learn some new ones. There's a secret behind secrets. Sure, they've made themselves a secret, but when something's a secret, it makes people want to share it. Why? Because it makes them look good to know information that not everyone else does. And so if you can make people look smart, make them feel special or in the know, like they're different from others, they'll be much more likely to talk about and share your message, whatever it is. Sounds like a great topic. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the IABC Edmonton podcast. I'm your host, Marvin Polis. I'm a past president of IABC Edmonton and currently president of Stimulant Strategies and Stimulant Media Productions. On this episode of the podcast, well, we have a very special guest. He's the New York Times bestselling author of the book Contagious, Why Things Catch On. His name is Jonah Berger, and he is from the Wharton School of Business in Pennsylvania. Very happy to have you with us, joining us via Skype. Thanks for having me. Jonah, I wanted to talk about your book. You actually have two books. Contagious is the first one, and then you have a newer book. Let's talk about that New York Times bestselling book, Contagious. I've read it twice, as a matter of fact. The formula in the book that really stood out for me is the formula that you call STEPS, and that's S-T-E-P-P-S. The first item is social currency. Can you tell us about this? How does social currency play a role in things becoming contagious? Sure. And, and taking a step back just for a second, I think the big idea of the book is is word of mouth. We all know word of mouth is valuable. We all know that a dollar spent on word of mouth goes much further than a dollar spent on traditional advertising. But the question is, how do we get that word of mouth? How do we get people talking about and sharing our stuff? Uh, and the good news is it's not random. It's not luck. It's not chance. There's a science behind why people talk and share. And as you noted in the book, I share uh, a formula that we've put together over decades of research uh, that helps explain why people share things uh, and why certain things catch on and why some content goes viral uh, on the web. Uh, And one of those steps, uh, as you mentioned, is social currency. And the idea behind social currency is very simple. The better something makes people look, the more likely they are to be to talk about it and share it. Um, So one example I talk about in the book, for example, uh, is a bar that's hidden inside a hot dog restaurant. So it's this bar in New York City. You walk inside a hot dog restaurant. You go inside a phone booth. You pick up a rotor dial phone. You press a couple numbers. Uh, If you have a reservation or they happen to have space, you get it led into this secret bar called Please Don't Tell. Been hugely successful. Um, all word of mouth, no advertising. And if you think about why, it's very simple, right? Uh, there's a secret behind secrets. Sure, they've made themselves a secret, but when something's a secret, it makes people want to share it. Why? Because it makes them look good to know information that not everyone else does. And so the idea of social currency more generally is if you can make people look smart, make them feel special or in the know, like they're different from others, they'll be much more likely to talk about and share your message, whatever it is. So if I can make you look cool, if I can make you look smart by sharing something, that's really the key here. Yeah, and I think too often as organizations, we think about how do we look. 
right? We think about, well, what do we look like as brands? Do people like our brand? Do we have a high net promoter score? You know, do we look good in our advertisements? Do our stores look good? Our services, our websites good? But that's not the question here. The question is, how do other people look when they talk about us? Because we may look great, but if other people don't look very good when they talk about us, why would they take the effort to spread the word? But if it makes them look good, if it makes them look smart and in the know and different from their friends, they're going to be much more likely to share that information. You know, uh, you look online, most posts are positive. Look at me, I'm on vacation. Look at me, I'm in a celebrity. I got a new car. And the reason behind all that is simple, right? We're sharing things to signal desired identities. We know it makes us look good to have met a celebrity or gone on vacation to a cool place. So we share it with others to get that social currency. If something makes us look not so smart or behind the times or not so good, well, we're not going to be likely to share it. Well put. So it's really about how do we make other people look when we share what we need to share and when we want them to share what we want them to share. Let's move on to triggers, which is the second piece in your formula. Tell us about that. The idea behind triggers uh, is, is quite different from social currency. Um, but the notion is that the more top of mind something is, the more tip of tongue uh, it's likely to be. So uh, to use a recent example, uh, we, we've all seen or many of us have seen uh, Geico's ad for hump day. So Geico is an insurance company. Uh, they built an ad based on the notion that Wednesday, uh, at least uh, in, in the U.S. and I, I think uh, Canada as well, is known as hump day. It's the hump we have to get over to get to Friday. Uh, and so Geico builds a piece of content based on this with an annoying camel walking around the office going, what day is it today? What day is it? What day is it? Uh, everyone ignores him. He's a very annoying camel. Uh, finally, someone goes, it's hump day. The camel gets really excited and the ad goes, you know, how happy are people who save money with Geico happier than a camel on hump day? Now, this ad is one of the most shared ads of the past couple of years, one of the most shared pieces of content online. But it's not a beer ad. It's not a car ad. It's not a traditionally sort of sexy category. It's insurance. Uh, and so some people, you might be sitting there going, why did so many people share an insurance ad? Well, I'm a data guy. I, I dug a little bit deeper. Uh, and if you look at the data, you notice an interesting pattern for when it gets shared over time. There's a spike in shares, and then it goes down, uh, and then another spike, and then it goes down, and then another spike, and then it goes down. Uh, if you look closer, though, the spikes aren't random. They're actually seven days apart. And if you get even close, you'll notice that they're, well, every Wednesday, right? Because Wednesday rolls around, as it's colloquially known, hump day, reminds people of the ad and encourages people to talk about it and share it with others, right? If somebody says peanut butter and, well, the word jelly might pop to mind. Or if someone says rum and, uh, the word Coke might pop to mind. Uh, these things may not be there. They may not be around us. But because something is around us that reminds us of them, we're much more likely to think about them and much more likely to talk about them. And so the key here is, well, how do we make our messages top of mind? Not just something that people like uh, or like us, but that they think about. If it's top of mind, it's much more likely to be tip of tongue. So Geico really cleverly created a scenario when it's Wednesday, people are thinking about Geico. Exactly. And there, there's lots of other examples of this, right? So Budweiser had a campaign a few years ago about what's up, right? When people said what's up and there's a Budweiser campaign where people were saying what's up. And it was funny. Um, but more importantly, being funny, people thought about it a lot. Because every time they greeted their friends, if they said what's up, many people thought about the Budweiser campaign. And so the idea here is it's not just about whether people like you or not. It's whether they're thinking about you or not. 80% of purchase is consideration. If we're not thinking about something, we're not going to buy it and we're not going to work with that company. And so we have to make sure people don't just like us, but we also come to mind. So create those triggers. Exactly. Yeah. Think about what your peanut butter is, right? What's the thing in the environment to link you, your message or your brand to. So when people see that thing, they'll think of you. 
and preferably something that that happens often, right? Yeah, the more frequent it is, the more likely you'll you'll come to mind. So uh, this is an old one, but Michelob used to have a campaign that said weekends are made for Michelob, uh, and that was pretty good. But originally, it was actually holidays are made for Michelob, and they moved it to the weekends because the weekends are more frequent, right? If you're going to pick a trigger. More frequent is better than less frequent. More frequent comes to mind more often, more likely to be triggered, and more likely to be talked about. Absolutely. Now tell us about the principle of making things emotional. The, the idea of emotion is the more we care, the more we share. Um, and, and I think many of us know this, or once you hear it, it, it makes sense, but you wouldn't necessarily have thought about it uh, in, in advance. Um, so, you know, often we think it's about listing functional information. Why should you uh, work with us? Why should you buy our product? Why should you use our service? Well, here are the five or 10 or 15 reasons uh, that you should do it. And usually we think that listing more reasons or giving people more information will be more likely to change their behavior, right? The more they know about why they should do something, the more they'll like likely to be to, to do it. But but information is tough, right? Sometimes uh, things get lost in a sea of information, and uh, it's often very easier for competitors to, to match that information. But if we can use emotion, we're much more likely to be successful. If we can bond ourselves to our customers uh, and really make them loyal through using that emotional connection, we'll be much more likely to, to, to succeed. And we did a big analysis a few years ago uh, of about six months uh, of New York Times articles, the, the largest paper in the United States, every article written by that newspaper over a six-month period. Uh, everything from front-page news to health to sports to politics and, and everything in between. And what we found was more emotional articles were more likely to make the most emailed list. And indeed, positive stuff was shared more than, than negative stuff. But there was one more detail that was worth noting. It's not just that emotions are positive or negative. Usually we think about emotions, we think about it one way or the other, right? They're positive emotions, things like being happy or excited or uh, inspired and negative emotions, maybe things like anger or sadness or, or anxiety. But it turns out emotions also differ on, a, on another dimension. We found, for example, that anger, articles that made people more angry were more likely to be shared, but articles that made people more sad were actually less likely to be shared. And if you think about it, well, both anger and sadness are negative emotions. So why are people more likely to share one but less likely to share the other? And it turns out that some emotions are not just positive or negative. They're high arousal or activating or low arousal or deactivating. If you think about anger, for example, when you're angry, you're fired up. You want to take action. right? You want to do something. You want to yell at someone. You want to throw something. When you're sad, you kind of just want to curl up in a ball and, and do nothing. And so it turns out that these high arousal, these activating emotions drive people to share where these low arousal or deactivating emotions cause people not to share. Jonah, this is great stuff. Now, the other things that you've mentioned in your book are are making things public, making things practically available, and encapsulating things in a story. You know, I was just captivated reading your book. So I'm going to suggest to our members that that they actually get the book and read this. It's, it's really an incredible reference book, I think, for people who are involved in corporate communications and, and public relations and any sort of communication activity where it's a matter of needing to influence people the way they think and the way they act. Now, I wanted to talk about your other book as well, Invisible Influence. What's the premise of this book, Jonah? 
that's that's my most recent book came out just a few months ago uh and it came out in response to some of the questions uh that i got uh after contagious uh so i often speak to organizations and conferences about these ideas about the power of word of mouth and uh, people would often come up to me afterwards and say oh this is great i really enjoy this you know if i'm trying to get a product to catch on or a service to be successful i got i got it i'm going to follow this formula i know what i need to do if i want to make content viral i got it but what about if i want to change just one person or two people's minds you know what if I want to convince a certain client uh, to do something or motivate uh, some of my employees? You know, what should I do in those situations? And I realized that those were great questions, but those weren't really the type of questions uh, that were answered in Contagious. Uh, and so I wrote Invisible Influence to address those questions. If you think about it, you know, we see influence sometimes around us. We see uh, people dressing similar or kids listening to similar music, but there's one place we never seem to see influence, and that is ourselves. When we look at ourselves, we never realize the power uh, of influence. Uh, nothing rang true more to me than I was talking to a friend of mine uh, and telling him about the, the new book. I was saying I was working on a book on influence, and he said, you know, God, uh, influence is so important. I really see it in, in my colleagues. He's a, a lawyer in Washington, D.C., and he was talking about, you know, God, all D.C. lawyers are, are the same. Uh, they make it big. They become partner, and the first thing they do is they go out and they buy a new BMW. And I said, well, that, that's interesting. You know, I, I imagine that's the case, but, you know, aren't you a lawyer in D.C., and, and don't you actually drive a, a BMW? And he said, yeah, oh, yeah, but, you know, they all drive gray ones, and I drive a blue one. Uh, and what I thought was so interesting about that that point is, sure, he wasn't exactly the same as everyone else, but he certainly was influenced by them. Yet influence doesn't always cause us to do the same thing. Sometimes it causes us to do something different. And so the question of the book really is, when does influence lead us to do the same thing as others? When does it lead us to do something different? When does it motivate us? And when does it demotivate us? And how by understanding these tools, can we influence others? Can we be more persuasive? And can we be more successful both at home and at work? Now, as we think about your two books, Contagious and Invisible Influence, what would be your top piece of advice for people who work in corporate communication? Marketing is a great field. Corporate communication is, is a great field. Lots of exciting things going on in the space. But I think the challenge is sometimes you get so caught up uh, in the details of your company or your organization that you forget to put the customers first, right? At the end of the day, the more you understand about their cust your customers and the behavior that drives them to do what they do, the more successful you're going to be. Whatever industry you're in, you're clearly an expert in, in that industry. Uh, if you're, you know, do consumer packaged goods work or you do B2B work, whatever it is, you're obviously an expert in that space. But the question is not, do you know the space? Do you know your customers? Do you understand their needs? And can you understand the behavior that drives what they do? And that's really what both of these books are about. And I think a lot of the other books that have come out recently that have really made a big impact on this space. If we understand our customers and if we put them in the center, we'll be more successful overall. Well, Jonah, that's fantastic. Where can our listeners learn more about you? Sure. Uh, best place to find me is just Jonah. Again, that's J-O-N-A-H, Berger, B-E-R-G-E-R.com. Uh, you can find more information about the book. But more importantly, there are a bunch of free resources that you can download to learn more about this space. So uh, for the STEPS framework, for example, there's a workbook you can download with your teams to help you apply the ideas. For Invisible Influence, there's some tips on how to be more influential or how to motivate yourself and others. And a great sort of uh, toolkit to begin to apply these ideas. Splendid. Well, thanks for joining us today, Jonah. Really appreciate your time. I know these two books have really influenced the way I look at influencing people. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thanks again for joining us for the IABC Edmonton podcast. I'm your host, past president Marvin Polis. Be sure to join us next time.